Agencies across government are tasked with accelerating the development of mission-critical systems. We'll be presenting a series of podcasts throughout the year with federal executives and program managers to discuss what types of technology they're implementing and how to minimize inefficiencies and improve productivity to power technology modernization. Today's low-code episode is sponsored by Appian. Here's your host, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Ray Wolf. He's the industry lead for global defense and intel programs at Appian. Stephen Hernandez is the chief information security officer at the Department of Education. Raven Manuel is the senior application developer, architect, and DevOps engineer for the National Museum of African American History and Culture. And we've got Bren Mogilevsky, an information technology specialist at the General Services Administration. Good to have you all with us. And the cloud questions never seem to stop. And we're at the generation now where the cloud native applications are being developed. They're there. Some of the cloud applications for productivity started out cloud, but agencies are confronting this issue of the legacy applications. And how do we refactor them, reorganize them, recode them, whatever the case might be, to then choose a cloud to put them in and doing all of this securely. So I'm going to start with our government folks and let's start with your updated list of cloud goals as we wind out almost hard to believe fiscal 2022, looking ahead to 23 and 24, the kinds of applications, candidates for cloud hosting, now that the first generation is maybe behind us. And Stephen Hernandez, we'll start with you. Great, thanks Tom, and thanks for having me here today. Um, one of the interesting facets of our department, I know you and I have talked about this, is we're, we're effectively 100% in the cloud right now. So when we think about cloud modernization, we're really looking at how do we rationalize, how do we optimize this portfolio? And what's great is I think you're going to hear no matter where you're at on this journey through the panel today, there's striking similarities. We have some cloud where we've lifted and shifted. We took something that was on-prem in our data center, and we almost in some cases, physically moved it to a different data center or virtually moved it VM to VM type of a move. And in those situations, there's a lot of refactoring we can do and looking at native cloud technologies to enhance and optimize that. And I think that is the sweet spot for us as we go forward is one, we're well past data center consolidation. We don't have data centers. We're a cloud consolidation. And the real question we're trying to answer is, is this workload in the right cloud at the right price and the right performance? And from my perspective with the right security. And if we can answer that question, we're doing great. So the implication is once it's in the cloud, that doesn't mean the evolution is over for that application and that set of data. Absolutely, it's an incredible missed opportunity if we don't think about how can we take advantage of these new capabilities with all of our workloads on a continuous cycle. Okay, and Ms. Manuel, that's probably the case for you because being a relatively new museum at five, pretty much all of the applications started out with the DevSecOps kind of approach uh, to the cloud directly. So what are you thinking about next? We have to be good neighbors. So not everything is in the cloud for us. We have some applications that are at the data center because the office of the chief information office, OCIO, they're at, they are the IT enterprise. That would be our enterprise IT for the units. The units are galleries and museums. My particular museum, we took everything that was dev and some deployment 
and moved it to a cloud provider. There are some things like the main website. I think for all the units, all the main websites live in a data center for OCIO. Our next step though, is to be able to take the in-gallery interactives, which I um, plan and implement and move them to the cloud. There are a little bit of security issues with that because those interactives live on an internal network. So they're basically, you can't hack them. And so it's another level of security we'll have to think about because now we're gonna be taking interactives that connect to mobile devices and might have some PII and it's gonna go to a cloud provider. So we have some security concerns to fix there. And now, our stuff is becoming legacy. So we have to figure out how to deal with legacy because we've never had legacy since we were born non-legacy. It's pretty fun. Interesting. So just getting back to that mobile and PII, you've kind of got a customer experience element then here that's coming into the way you deploy for those interactive applications. Yes, we do. And my, my specialty this year kind of is accessibility and how do we make interactives more accessible. I'm working on an application with the National Center of Atmospheric Research, if you believe that, we're collaborating on an, a mobile device that will help blind or low vision visitors navigate a cultural institution. And there are a lot of things that have to happen and there's a database or data store in the background. Right now for dev, the data store is an S3 bucket and how will we actually use that when we get into the museum? And it's a critical application for people who require accessibility. Okay, and we'll come back to you on those early applications becoming legacy, how fast it happens here, five years of existence and what was brand new is already legacy. But I want to move on for the moment to Brett at GSA. Are you on the GSA's own information technology side or are you promulgating policies and strategies for the rest of government or maybe a little both? Uh, I'm glad you asked. I'm actually the product lead for something called cloud.gov, which is part of a suite of shared services for other agencies to use. Um, we're part of the GSA's technology transformation services group. So this is the group that brings you login.gov for single sign-on and search.gov for integrated search. Uh, we also operate USA.gov, which is sort of the federal front door. Cloud.gov itself is a platform for hosting applications at a, at a platform as a service level. Uh, and so we are uh, looking to support both internal GSA applications as well as uh, uh, applications from agency partners we work with. Um, if you know anything about that group, it's always been sort of a customer focused, user, end user focused, you know, um, iterative, rapid, agile, you know, quick delivery and rapid revision um, organization. Uh, and so we initially developed the, this platform to help us with that and, and to uh, take care of as much compliance as possible so that we could work that way. And with the new customer experience executive order uh, changing the climate a bit, I think that we were kind of ahead of the, ahead of the curve a little bit. It's helped us a lot because now we can have, you know, the proverbial two pizza team able to deliver and stand up and operate a service uh, with relatively little compliance overhead. And I say relatively little, because obviously we're starting from a, bit, a lot of compliance overhead. Um, so it's relatively little and really focus more of the energy on um, the delivery and the, uh, the feedback cycle from working and saying, did that work? Uh, the other thing is that with USA.gov, we're increasingly looking to integrate the user experience across uh, programs and across agencies to really be what the public needs. The public doesn't necessarily know 
uh, where their benefit lives in the government hierarchy or which website they would go to. They don't know uh, which benefits are tied together and, and need, need similar information. So there's a lot of focus on GSA at enabling sort of a, 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 a set of services that every agency can use, but also a user experience that they can plug into. Um, and I think that's gonna drive the way we develop applications to be smaller, more modular, um, separating front end from back end, um, and better able to sort of integrate between different services provided by different groups to provide a, a single unified experience for the public. So the idea then is as you rework applications, rehost them, the, the concept of interoperability kind of moves up to front and center there then, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I agree with Stephen that the uh, the era of lift and shift is kind of behind us. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the simplest thing people can, can do to close down data centers. And obviously there's a climate benefit for that and security benefit as well. Um, but it doesn't help us with the, the agility uh, of really being able to, to do new things in new ways and also to collaborate uh, between agency silos, which is where we were in the data center era. Uh, if you want to use data from one agency and another agency's program, that was a, a, a bespoke nightmare each time. So I think uh, I think having everybody in the cloud and also having everybody shooting for um, the highest level in the stack they can go for. We're, you know, we had we advocate for PaaS, platform as a service. Um, you might go for a, a, a container orchestration. You might go for infrastructure as a service if you have to. But if in the portfolio sense, we're telling people, look at your portfolio, which ones can go this high in the stack, use things like cloud.gov or Federalist. Federalist is a static web hosting service from from a GSA, um, use those where you can, and then where things need to be either uh, higher security or uh, more complicated and they can't fit into a PaaS, then you go for the lower levels for those. And so that means that in the compliance and security sense, you're gonna have more of a separation, a boundary between those things and, and authorize them as separate systems, deliver them as separate systems. Okay, good, excellent, so good, good overview. And let's turn to Ray Wolf from Appian. Looking across agencies, what do you see is the trend and what they're trying to do, especially this idea of legacy? Well, there's there's still a lot of legacy systems out there that people have lifted and shifted. And what we've seen, the real trend is the word agility was mentioned, having an agility layer so that you can tap the new systems, the new applications and the legacy systems at the same time. And also every agency has to tap information from let's say another agency. So from a security standpoint, having that layer of security, that layer of agility, uh, we're seeing more and more agencies do that, uh, especially across the Department of Defense and the Intel community because from security classifications or uh, there, are, there are sites that are, are still purely on-prem just because they haven't been able to make that move or they can't lift and shift. Um, so having, having strong partners uh, that can work with you on that uh, is, is a true imperative. Um, we're seeing more and more agencies saying, okay, what is the next step? Mentioned, okay, this wasn't, the list, lift and shift was day one. Okay, what are we going to do to really accelerate the user experience, the security controls, and also, again, tapping other agencies' data without moving the data. You don't want to move the data. You want, don't want to copy the data, but if you can access it for your purposes and really help your customers out, you can't ask for anything better. Got it. So if you want to get more out of those legacy applications that have been lifted and shifted, then you've got to do some work on them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We can't live in an age of 370 emulation, in other words, for, uh, for the rest of time. We've had, uh, we have one uh, a group that we're working with where they're actually going from 
uh, taking COBOL to Java and sitting here saying, oh my gosh, it's still running on COBOL. So they do have to refactor it and then figure out, okay, what is the, what is the storage and security concerns in the cloud with a refactored application? Um, we'd really like to see uh, that type of cross-government collaboration. And that's the one benefit that government agencies do have. It's not competitive, so you can, there's lessons learned. So if you have the capability to reach out to one of your hyperscalers like AWS and say, do you know of another agency who's going through kind of the same challenges that we have? Uh, they were, they're more than happy to say, okay, this agency is faced with the exact same challenge you had, let's put you together. And then it's a government to government conversation. It's, and it, it's, it's everything comes out on the table at that point. It's much more effective. And hopefully it doesn't require six months of a memorandum of understanding between two agencies to do that. And uh, Stephen Hernandez, I wanted to get back to you on that idea of once things are in the cloud, you got them off the premise, got them out of the data center. Now you're looking at them again with this eye toward greater security, maybe making them dance in the customer experience field, then you really have to get to work on them. What are some of the factors? Re well, refactoring is one way. You can program it brand new, that's another way. You can low code it. What are some of the strategies you're pursuing there to, to that's yeah, since I've got my GSA partner in crime here, I would be negligent if I didn't point out the fact that shared services is driving just an incredible opportunity, both from, say, a cybersecurity and security services consumption perspective, but also that user experience. And one example I'll give you is login.gov, right? This is the front door to government services. And when a, when a citizen thinks about, how do I get to X? How do I get to to how do I get to IRS or whatever service they're looking for, they should be thinking, I'll go to login.gov because I know from there I'll get securely authenticated and then I will find the service I need. And when we're thinking about our cloud applications and our workloads in the cloud, a big part of that conversation is where are those shared service sweet spots that I ought to be consuming, not just because it's fast, it's already stood up, the pricing is good, but also because it's going to drive a better citizen experience overall one login page instead of having 50 bookmarks for 50 agencies that I deal with every day. Where this necessarily leads though is also a conversation about a need to really zone in on API security and making sure that if you're a CISO, if you're a developer, if you're somewhere in the scrum team, when you start connecting pieces together, you have to be thinking about how are we securing these interactions between these services. And that's kind of a new way of thinking for some CISOs because in the cloud Classic sense, well, that's handled at the firewall, that's handled at the edge, that's handled at the perimeter. But now, especially when we think about zero trust architectures, nah, we got to drive it in some cases, even at the application level. So it's an exciting time to be thinking about how we're moving ahead with bringing in shared services into our cloud environments. Yeah, and uh, Raven, let me just ask you to comment on that too, because I walk into one museum, I see old bones and skulls. I walk into another one, I see cultural artifacts of a big piece of our civilization. I walk into a third museum and there's you know, appliances from the 1920s. What do you do in shared services among those siloed really institutions, if anything? I like what Steven said, because it is exactly the API security is something that I am dealing with, with my museum. We have a collection management system that is actually not just one system, there's three of them. And for a developer from when I'm developing and designing, I need to get the collection information 
for our museum, we just launched, we Namak just launched a searchable museum, which is a digital platform where people can go and search slavery, I think is slavery history gallery. So it's a slavery and freedom um, exhibition. And we're working on the next one. But what the goal was is that you could go to our slavery and freedom, find something, and it might be in American history, right? And so you could go to American history when the Women's History Museum or the Latino Latinx History Museum comes online, then you should be able to go there because we don't want to distill the culture, right? We don't want to take everything out of American history and then put them all in their own museum because then the dregs of whatever is left in American history is not going to be American history. So we are doing things, I am doing things right now with APIs. Our legacy systems are at OCIO and I have to work with them and the security piece is very big for them and I understand and I give them kudos, but it is a pain for me because I have to be able to get to the assets from their system and they don't have a HTTPS way for me to um, get the data from there and it's a security problem for them. Even if I go DevOps and CICD all the way through development, I hit a wall because I have to go to the data center. And then what ends up happening, it slows me down because I just went and did all of this efficiency and performance. And now I have to throw it over the wall again and say, okay, go ahead and put it on your server, do whatever, whatever. And you just slowed us all down. So well, yeah, our legacy. Huh? Nobody ever said it would be easy. No, they didn't. I thought it was going to be easy because I'm naive and I'm idealistic and I'm like, yeah, it's going to work. Why not? All right. We need to take a short break right now. Our guests today are Raven Manuel. She's senior application developer, architect and DevOps engineer for the National Museum of African-American History and Culture. We also heard from Brett Mogilevsky. He's information technology specialist for cloud.gov at the General Services Administration. Stephen Hernandez is the chief information security officer at the Department of Education, and Ray Wolf, the industry lead for global defense and intel programs at Appian. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. This show is Scalability and Security with Industry-Leading Government Cloud, sponsored by Appian here on Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to the Low Code episode, sponsored by Appian on Federal News Network.